Welcome to this week's episode of the People Podcast. Are you in human resources, recruiting professionally, or an entrepreneur growing a team? This is the podcast for you. We are going to bring you all of the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to take your workforce to the next level. Implementing the tips and know-how will enable you to create and keep a world-class workforce. Here is your host, Jesse Tinsley. Hey, People Podcast listeners. This week's episode is brought to you by Humanly. Humanly automates job candidate screening and scheduling for high-volume positions, such as customer success, sales, operations, and entry-level roles, making hiring more efficient and more equitable. Humanly offers a solution that engages and screens job candidates that come to company job pages, saving hiring teams over 60 hours per open role on average and allowing them to jump in at the right time. Candidate experience and removing bias is another big part of their offering, and we've had some great initial success here in a landscape where 72% of candidates having negative experiences will share them online. For more information, go to humanly.io. Ron, thanks so much for joining me on the People Podcast. Jesse, thanks for having me. I'm excited to join the conversation. Yeah, excited to have you on the podcast. I've got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. Just to get started, can you give us a quick overview of your background and yeah, how you got into the people space? Sure. I have a non-traditional way entry into the people space. I started my career as a CPA at KPMG way back in the day and um, had my own uh, search firm. And And during that 2008-2009 um, crisis, I uh, grew my firm to 10 uh, people, but then had to shut that down and was lucky enough that Google was one of my clients. And I went into Google and that started my tech recruiting experience, uh, moved on to Facebook for three and a half years and got pretty obsessed with the employee experience and wanted to navigate more into the HR area. And I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to join Lyft at 80 people and really built that HR organization from the ground up uh, for four and a half years, took it from 80 people to 2,500 people. And uh, that was an amazing ride, no pun intended. And then um, I went to Zoom, which was a growth startup uh, disrupting the food delivery space for a couple of years. And about 90 days ago, joined Keep Trucking, which is another hyper-growth startup in the transportation space that's really trying to connect uh, the world's trucks. And what we're doing is fundamentally changing the way freight is moved on our roads. Uh, so really excited about that and excited for this conversation. That's awesome. Congrats. It's, it's so interesting to me. Everyone's uh, has such an eclectic background, I feel like, in HR and recruiting of how they got into the space. No one like I feel like very few people go into school or college or post high school and say, oh, I want to be a recruiter. I want to be uh, in HR, right? It seems like a lot of people have such an interesting background. So that's interesting your path to it. So the topic today what we're going to talk about is how you know work shifted in the last couple of months because of COVID-19 and everything happening in the world. Maybe you could talk a little about that and how this work shifted for you know what you guys are doing at Keep Trucking and, and before kind of what you're seeing empirically. Sure. Uh, so like I mentioned, I joined about 90 days ago and my second week in is when all this COVID situation happened and K Keep Trucking was more of an in-office type of culture. So we had to dramatically pivot and develop a plan of how we could effectively work remotely. One of the interesting things about Keep Trucking is about a thousand of our almost uh, 1,800 employees are in Pakistan and their functions are basically a lot of the go-to-market functions, customer support functions and engineering. And so we had to really quickly understand the capacities for internet and connection, connectivity. So we quickly developed a plan to assess people's home environment and what the connectivity looked like. And if there were areas that 
we were testing that didn't have the right signal to be on the phone or to communicate over the internet, we had to quickly buy equipment and send that to individuals. So we did that in Pakistan as well as in the U.S. Um, and we quickly figured that out, which is, which was a, a blessing in disguise. And we were always on the cutting edge where we wanted to, to really think about our health and safety of employees and not put people at risk. So we were probably not the earliest, but in the second wave of people requiring all of our individuals to work from home. And what we found was that because of the shelter in place and because of um, we did a lot of training for managers, trying to help them understand that managing a remote workforce is a lot different than an in-person workforce. So we had about three or four sessions for all of our managers and also our individual contributors uh, really understand what that shift looks like. And one of the key things that we found was we wanted everyone to have regular syncs with their teams. It could be daily, it could be every other day, it could be every couple of days. But we found that that really made people still feel connected to what they were doing from a business perspective, from a goal perspective. And what we found is that productivity actually maintained or increased in a lot of areas. Within the first two to three weeks, we found that engineers actually pushed 5x the code that they did in an office. And so some of the thought process we had around this is that when people are not commuting, when they don't have a lot of other things that are going on in their lives, they can focus more on work. And sometimes that's healthy, sometimes it's not healthy because we want to still have that balance. But that productivity thing really accelerated. And you know that was something that we were proud of. But we're still constantly always evolving and trying to understand how can we keep people connected? Culture is a very important thing at Keep Trucking. We are very mission focused. And what we realize is that people join and stay with companies because they want to work with smart people. They want to have impact and they want to be that connected to the values and missions of an organization. So we need to figure out a way to, to maintain that. So one of the things we utilize quite frequently was Slack. And we developed a lot of new Slack channels for specific teams, as well as for the company and certain segments of the business. And one of the things that really resonated is we had something called key wins that we talked about in Slack all the time, where we had each department post some of their big uh, events that happened during the week. And the feedback that we got was that it really helped people feel connected to what was going on in the company, even though everyone is in a remote state. And what it also did, it highlighted some of the key efforts of individual people because we wanted to continue to flag that everyone is still doing good work. It's very connected to the business. So those are some of the quick things that we did in order to try to shift to the remote work, trying to keep people connected. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like there's some really interesting takeaways there to kind of unwrap, which I, I think the first one that just pops out to me is obviously that you guys said productivity either increased or maintained and then saw 5x increase in code being submitted by your engineering team. That is pretty crazy given all the circumstances around you know, there's a lot of other factors going on, both um, socioeconomically and then also with, you know, if you have kids or anything like that, you have your kids at home. So there's a lot of distractions, but obviously you're getting rid of that commute time to and from work. So maybe we could talk a little bit about like productivity increase. And do you think that's going to be permanent with the work from home culture as things start to go back to relative normalcy, I guess? Yeah, that's a question we have as well, too. And we're trying to figure out how to measure that. But I, I don't think it will still be at this high because, again, with the shelter in place, you're really focused on being in the house versus being out. So, so I think there's probably will be a drop off. But what we have found, though, is that as long as we keep connected and you're still tying the work you do to your team goals, I think that will still 
maintain the productivity higher than usual levels. A lot of times when you're in an office space, a lot of people congregate at the, the water cooler or in eating areas. You know, being a remote culture, you don't really have that congregation. So there's probably less time away from focusing on work. And one of the things we're thinking about is also, you know, in this remote environment, and we'll talk a little bit later on about, is this going to be a, a part of the environment long-term? I think we need to figure out how we can continue to generate ideas and innovation. And so we're, we're starting this quest of, you know, making big bets, not only for new revenue streams for the company, but think about that every person is a leader, uh, no matter what role you have, if you're an individual contributor or if you're a, a manager, that you are the leader of your career, you're the leader of what you are in. And the history of Keep Trucking, we grew from about 100 people to over 1,000 people within a year. And now we're roughly about 1,700, 1,600 employees. And again, it's across the globe. And when you grow that fast, and I have this experience from Lyft, there's a lot of shortcuts that you do. And also there's a lot of Band-Aid solutions you put in place. So what we challenge people to is when you get adopted into the environment here is challenge your space. Think about not just the work you're doing, but how it connects to the broader vision for your org and the company. And you can be innovative from, from that perspective. And I think, so what we're trying to do is have a systematic approach of how we do this, not only for the big bets, but also for our own individual area. So some of the things we're thinking about is like a virtual hackathon. A lot of companies have hackathons that are in the office, but we're thinking about a virtual hackathon within teams and then cross-functionally as well, and kind of giving everyone's work time a percentage where they can think about what they can do better in their role. And this also highlights how we can communicate better, either from customer spotlights, some awards for innovation that we're seeing, and then also have a training program where it really curates a mindset of how you can run and evaluate tests, how you can think about be more autonomous, more creative in the roles that you have. And that flows through processes as well as leadership norms. So we're in the beginning phases of that. But I think that's something that I'm really excited about because it can really unlock ideas and really have impact and engagement, even in a work from home type of environment. Yeah, that's incredible. What are some of like the changes you think are here to stay long term? Well, I think the remote work, I think that's going to be here for the foreseeable future because now really talent is at a global scale. So if you're working in an area that doesn't have a deep pocket of technology experience, but if you have a tech background there, you don't have to move to the Bay Area. You could stay in your area and still join fast growth companies. We're thinking about finding like hub locations. I understand Facebook is in the process of doing this. And maybe you don't have an office there, but you find individuals who have similar values that KT has, as well as what type of mindset, what type of company do you want to be a part of? And you don't have to be in the same location. So I think that's going to be around for the foreseeable future. And I think the companies that can adopt to this remote work and this globalization of the workforce will be able to hire and retain top talent in a way that hasn't been there in the past. And I think employees are going to come to expect this. And that decentralization is going to be something that most companies in the macro economy is going to experience. One of the challenges of this, though, is going to be compensation. If you live in a lower cost of living area, are you, is your salary going to be changed to reflect that? Or are the salary components going to be consistent across the company? We haven't settled on a philosophy yet. That's something that we're in the process of doing. There's arguments for both sides, because I think the value that you bring to the company, it doesn't matter if you're in Orlando, Florida, or if you're in San Francisco, California, 
if you're working remotely and everyone is doing that. I think there's going to be a bifurcation where some teams might have to be in an office and other roles do not. I think those teams are like hardware engineering where you have to have equipment in a bigger location. Some of the sales orgs where you have a lot of camaraderie and you have some of that dynamic networking that happens in an office space. But in other roles, you don't have to have that. So I think the challenge is going to be, how are we going to have compensation structures and incentives aligned for where people live? Yeah, you brought up a lot of great points. I think um, from the global scale perspective, I think one of the interesting takeaways that I've seen, because I've run a few different polls and studies on this uh, in regards to compensation and commuting. So one of the things that I, I pulled a bunch of people on last year was, would you rather make an absurd amount of money, like $500,000 a year, or just fair compensation, like $100,000 a year, and not commute at all? And the overwhelming response was not commuting at all for just fair compensation. So I think I agree with you. I think compensation will probably is value-based. And if you're a really good software engineer, that's really hard to replicate regardless of where you're at. So you should be paid what your value is to the company, not based off of where you live. So I think that's going to be an interesting challenge for companies to kind of figure that out over the next couple of years because I don't think it's going to happen overnight. So that's a really good point. And the other thing is like, what do you do with your current employees who want to move, right? And then what do you do with new hires, right? Do you grandfather in the current employees and have a new... There's just so many ways to slice it. But but I think you have to be very thoughtful because the choices that you make in the philosophy now has to be consistent. You have to treat people across the board in an aligned way. And I think that's going to be the challenge that we're all going to be facing. Like you said, not overnight, but over the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the interesting things is like what happens... Let's say, you know, I'm not saying this is your specific situation, but just a companies in general, if the beginning of next year, there's a certain subset of employees that are going to come back in the office or two years from now, it doesn't matter the time frame. But when 10, I think the rough estimate that came out in a recent study was 20 to 25% of employees no longer want to work on site. And so what happens if a certain number of them are slated to come back on site? And what that leads to, if that's leading to, basically what I'm getting to is I think it's going to lead to a competitive advantage for companies that have flex work and not the traditional companies are going to say, hey, you have to be in the office. Well, it's like, great, I'm going to go work at Keep Trucking or another place that offers remote work like Twitter and Facebook and some other companies have come out and said that you can work, you know, anywhere. 100% agreed. I, I think there has to be a hybrid, you know, philosophy on this where, you know, a lot of people right now, they want to um, work in the office and then maybe work from home one day a week. It might be the inverse where you're working from home four days a week, but you want to come in the office one day to connect with your team. And, you know, with all the social distancing requirements now, you know, given the, the current landscape of commercial real estate, a lot of people are going to try to shift down that cost because they're seeing that, there really isn't a need if you can maintain productivity and so forth, but you still want to have some type of location where people can gather. So you're going to either have to have teams shift or you're going to have to have you know certain days where this team is in two days a week, another team is in three days a week, because you want to figure out how to collaborate cross-functionally on the work product. So you have to make a plan for how do you densify your office from in a COVID environment, but then allow some of that natural curiosity and connection happen in a face-to-face. So I think if you're not hybrid or you're not remote first, I think you're going to lose out on the right talent going forward. Yeah, totally agree. What are some of like the innovations you're seeing in the workplace? Yeah, I think from a workplace standpoint, having this hybrid approach now where most people will actually, it's, it's mostly work from home. What I'm seeing is that 
people are, are developing their own collaboration processes. There's a number of happy hours that are virtual that teams are having. And they're introducing some of their families and some of their uh, pets and their, their situation. And I think people are getting to know each other on a level that they haven't had you know, access to in the past. So I think that is going to help some of that engagement and some of that connection that you have with your teams. I think that innovation from a, a working environment is very crucial. What we've also done is we've given a stipend for a work from home setup. So, you know, not everyone has the right environment to work productively from home. So what we're doing is giving a stipend so that people can do that. I think that's going to be commonplace as well, too. And I mentioned earlier, making sure everyone has the right uh, IT access. And if they don't have that, compensating them for that as well, too. But in terms of a workplace thing, I think the conference rooms are probably a thing of the past. It's going to be more like phone booths or people sitting in their desk and dialing into meetings. I think that's going to be more of the norm. You're not going to have these large gatherings like you've had in the past. It's going to be more virtual. I don't think that's going to change. And I think people are going to be very bullish on contactless type of interactions. So, you know, when you go to an office, you don't have to really connect with other people. You have things there that you can take with you, or you don't have to have live food. You might have things that you can reheat or restaurants around that we can order from. But I I think a lot of that is going to change. And it's going to be interesting, you know, what that landscape looks like, especially I think the whole commercial real estate industry is going to have to undergo a lot of drastic measures because no longer are people going to have the offices where you have all these amenities and things of that nature. It just doesn't make sense in the future. Yeah, I agree, actually, on the commercial real estate space. Hopefully, they can pass some laws quickly to convert some of that space that's going to go unused to help with the housing shortage in a lot of major metropolitan areas. Yes, absolutely. Create some benefits there. Awesome. Ron, uh, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on and and talking with me and sharing uh, your advice to the audience. What's the best way for people to reach out to you or learn more about Keep Trucking if they're interested in a job there or, or talking with yourself? Sure. Um, the best way is ron.storen at keeptrucking.com. And all our jobs are on the website. From an HR standpoint, one of the key roles we're looking for is a talent leader that can really understand performance and philosophy across this uh, remote global landscape. So that that's one of our key roles. But Thank you for having me. It was a really um, enjoyable experience and hopefully to keep the conversation going in the future. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. This week's episode has now come to an end, but our content doesn't end here. Head over to jessetinsley.com where you can find more valuable resources to hire and keep the ultimate workforce. That's jessetinsley.com.